Do not come. Do not come. I'm going to come. My favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast, cause it's a very good podcast, oh yeah, 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 it's a funny, 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 funny show, Sick and Wrong Podcast is a wonderful Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, E. Simon. Hakatong, motherfuckers. I'm Kate Rumbo. Kate. D. What is that on your neck over there? Is it a hickey? I can't tell. I think it's a hickey, probably. Looks like it's on your, looks like it's on your hands, too, and wrists. Oh, that, that's more hickeys. I've been making out. Is that monkey pox? I've been making out of a monkey. It's monkey pox. <laughs> No, it's not. Seriously, though. It's you I know you don't have monkey pox. You probably have ringworm or something, whatever northern <laughs> I, swags get. I've had but, that once. <laughs> but what the fuck? Like, seriously, what the fuck is what going on fuck? with the UK? Like, everywhere around, like, the US, our numbers are going down. Los Angeles, June 15th, we're going to ease all lockdown restrictions. Yeah, it doesn't mean your numbers are going down. You're just like, fuck it. No, our numbers are going down. That's why we're easing, like, lockdown restrictions. I mean, we're about to let people have live shows. Meanwhile, Britain, which, mind you, is an island not even the size of Texas, still won't allow their citizens to travel. You have a Delta variant outbreak ravaging across the country. And now, monkeypox? Monkeypox. What the fuck? You know what I like about monkeypox? It sounds like an old-timey like game that you would have played on like your SNES or something. Monkeypox. Escape from Monkeypox Island. You know what I blame it on? Monkeys? No, the black pudding that you people eat. I totally thought you were going to say I blame it on the blacks then. <laughs> what? I'm not, no, I'm not racist. You left a, a small gap when you said I blame it on the black. Pudding. You left you okay, left well, the that, gap. Yeah. I heard it. You have a selective <laughs> attention span. Like you you only are triggered by certain words. Why would I blame it on black people? No, I blame it on the black pudding. Why you, well, you blame eat. it on black pudding? You and, guys have it too. Black pudding is banned in the United States. You call it blood sausage. It's, it's banned same for sanitary thing. reasons. Blood sausage is black pudding. Same Listen, fucking you, thing. You people eat I'm sure black people aren't eating this in the UK. But the the UK people are eating black pudding, which is made from pork blood, pork fat, cereal, oat groats, and barley groat. You know when I That's was, not food. When I was a meat Kate Rambo. Eater, a meat eater as a lady of the north, as a woman of the night, hot pot, which is basically black pudding, beef, and um slice thin slices of potato, one of my favorite dinners. Fucking vile. No wonder you have Black Pudding is nice. Pox. Nice. Monkeypox, two people, both members of the same household, are being monitored after the virus was identified in North Wales. Typical. Yeah. Um, I love how Wales is saying the wider risk to the public is low, but I mean, still, it's a contagious disease and it causes symptoms. They're, they're similar to fucking smallpox. But it's caused by monkeys. No, it well, 
I guess it could be. I mean, it's caused by it's a uh, a zoonosis, which means it's transmitted from animals to humans. This does not surprise me about North Wales. Someone fucked a monkey. In fact, two people had in that household had a threesome with a monkey, and now they have monkeypox. I wish they got it from a sheep. Dirty fuckers. No, they shag sheep, obviously, in other parts of Wales, but in the north, they probably just can't get hold Do of a sheep that's monkeys? willing. So, well, they did. They had their wicked way with a monkey. Possibly. Um, they claim it's acquired overseas. It's like, yeah, right, you fucked the sheep. Um, but the two cases are members of the same household. They double team that sheep. Um, and both are uh, admitted to a hospital in England where one, one currently remains. The other one uh, seemed to uh, recover from it. But it often starts with a rash before red spots appear, spreads across the body, turning into red bumps filled with fluid. Like pus. I think it's just a clear fluid. It's oh. like smallpox. And then you get like flu-like symptoms, muscle aches, swollen glands, flu, and that type of thing. Uh, cases are found close to tropical rainforests where there are animals that carry the virus. But it's a rare disease, and it usually occurs in, like, Central Africa. So why is it in the UK? Because they've been fucking a monkey. They went I'm, and fucked a monkey somewhere in a double team. They I probably filmed it. it. It's probably on the internet. It's probably on, like, the dark web somewhere right now. Two North Welshmen fucking a monkey. Half the country's not even vaccinated. Now you get the Delta variant, you got the Indian virus, you got the uh, the monkeypox going around, and you're still going to work. You're not even vaccinated. You're going to work. No, I'm not vaccinated, but I have got a date for my vaccine now. The vaccine has come to town, and I'm going to go and get it. And the vaccine finally hit the north of England. They finally put some on a horse and buggy, and it's arrived, and I'm going to go and get one. Okay. How upset would you be if you caught the monkeypox? I would be way more upset. If I call it the monkeypox and the COVID, because I'll survive the COVID. There's nothing underlying wrong with me. It's just really shitty flu. But the monkeypox, I don't want to taint it. sores all, all over I've your got face. Is my face. I don't want to taint it. Would you go on a mass shooting? Like, would you go to your work and just shoot up the entire um, cockroach factory? I would do that regardless. <laughs> regardless of whether or not you caught a, a horrible disease. I would, every day I just think about killing everyone I work with. I think everyone in every job ever just thinks about going into their work, how they would do it, where they would hide. Yeah, I would do it. Wouldn't you? If I caught monkeypox from someone at work, I think I probably, well, I don't know. I guess it's not a fatal disease, but if I if I caught a disease from someone at work, I think I would go on a mass shooting. It'd be a lot easier for me because I can just, like, go down the street and get a gun. Whereas, like, I don't even know where you'd get a gun in England. The black market. Where these people in Wales probably got their fucking monkey. They're literally they get, fucking monkey. Is that where they get the black pudding? The black pudding. You left a little gap then again. I heard it. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, no, you get it from the blacks. <laughs> See? So racist. You're the racist. Are right? all northern slags racist? I'm a good girl. I'm startled. <laughs> to put it lightly. But yeah, I'd go on a mass shooting. You know, I read an interesting stat about mass shootings. So... People think like, well, mass shootings are up now in 2021. Things are getting back to normal. We're going to start having mass shootings again. Yeah, bring back the good times. They never went away. No, they probably didn't. They were probably just hidden in the media because of COVID, COVID, COVID. Exactly. They never stopped during the, the uh, coronavirus pandemic. They were just less public. I mean, people seem like, oh, there's no mass shootings. Everyone's locked down. But they never stopped. They really didn't. I mean... They said, I read uh, the Gun Violence Archive here, which defines a mass shooting as one with four or more people injured or killed. 
uh, not including the shooter. They had 600 mass shootings in 2020. It's America, baby. <laughs> compared with 417 in 2019. Oh, even more. Land of freedom. Land of freedom fries and guns. And as of May 26, the carnage has continued. 2021, we've had 232 already. Bloody hell. Isn't that crazy? That's mental. <laughs> it is mental. <laughs> so like one every day, pretty much. That That's the thing. It's like... I don't think we really need to be worried about dying from some, like, you know, in the pandemic, dying from some disease. We'll probably just end up getting shot in a mass shooting. Yeah. We have so many of them. Good for you guys. Good for you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, people are like, well, you know, when we were locked down. It wasn't that bad. It's like, no, we are in – we. I live in a violent country, not as much as the U.K., which is also pretty violent. But It is. No, Stop City. We have Stop City. Yeah. I live in a violent country. Um. People uh, argue about what – that's the other thing with, like, a lot of, like, the NRA and a lot of these gun lobbyists. They argue about what really is a mass shooting. What's not a mass shooting? What's just, like, an angry person? You know, it's, like, a psychotic person, not someone with a gun. Um, but there is there is a definition. The Congressional Research Service said four more victims, like I said before, not including the shooter, has to take place in a public location, um, cannot be gang violence, can't be armed robbery, and it's not domestic violence. It's vengeance. Can be, can be vengeance. It could just be someone, you know, just loses it. I mean, completely random. It, who knows? Um, they say that uh, a lot of people, there's like they, they commit a mass shooting or target certain people because it's representative or symbolic of their grievances. So think about like the post office mass shootings or like of workplace course. shootings in a factory. I always think in America it's got to do with the fact that you guys have shitty holidays so you basically work forever until you die whereas over here we get, at least get breaks so we can forget about our troubles and woes at work. I think that's, I totally think I think that's definitely a factor. I mean Americans, most Americans, I mean if you work like a corporate job, like I work a corporate job, you get two weeks. That it, see, two weeks paid vacation. Because of the hours at work I have legally Legally, as in the government forces me to, t to take them, even if I didn't want to. I get six weeks. Yeah, six weeks. See, that's Three why. Times I think that's get. why you don't have as many mental health issues, probably not as many mass shootings. I mean, we get – and I'm in a corporate job, so I get two, two weeks pay vacation. If I was working at, like, Starbucks or something, I think you get, like, three days a year. It's just no way to treat – and you know what? We're, the UK is actually considered worst, one of the worst in Europe for how they treat their employees and for how many holidays we actually get. If you go to France and Spain, you're talking, like, probably fucking double that. They love yeah, to give see, you that, holidays. Yeah, that's the thing in the U.S. They definitely do not. And I think that probably, you know, exacerbates the situation. You know, exacerbates people with mental health issues, causes them to, you know, be deluded and Snap. and feel that I need to get revenge for uh, my coworkers giving me monkeypox. Um, but yeah, so uh, this this year alone, in March, we had two mass shootings a week apart in Georgia and Colorado. Uh, March sixteenth, there's a shooting. I think we talked about this at the Atlanta area beauty spa, which raised concerns of violence against Asian Americans. Um, let's see. Uh, there's a shooting on March 22nd in Boulder, Colorado at a grocery store. Ten people killed. Whoa. We're getting right back on that horse. Back on it. Well, you never got off the horse. Well, yeah, okay, well, we're publicizing the horse. Um, they uh, didn't even have a motive for that one. 
there was another mass shooting in, uh, on March 31st in Orange, California. A nine-year-old boy was killed. April 15th, FedEx facility in Indianapolis, Indiana. Eight people were killed. Um, the, uh, the, the assailant uh, killed himself, self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, just this past uh, May, May 26, nine people were killed at a rail yard maintenance and dispatch center in San Jose, California. Lovely. Yeah. Just great. That's Fun what I'm times. saying. It's like Big yucks. Yeah, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how many pandemics you have. It doesn't matter how locked down you are. We're still going to kill each other. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Um, so that kind of leads right into our intro, which actually is historical and thematic. It is. It's all it's, those things and more. Yeah, it's like a, a dual intro here. Historical and thematic. We're going to talk about American history's first mass shooting, which is called the Walk of Death. Which is cool as fuck. Yeah, story of Howard Unruh, the America's first spree killer. Um, no, no. Well, yeah, he's a spree killer, but he's a mass murderer. Well, mass murderer, spree yeah. killer. Uh, happened in September 6, 1949. Uh, Unruh killed 13 people in 12 minutes. And he said... His quote, if he had enough bullets, he would have killed a thousand. Good for him. Thematic, because he was a gay man. And it's Pride Month, so it we're is. trying to, uh, you know, showcase um, gay people on Second Wrong and, you know, and, and, uh, and Pride Month, you know, Pride 2021. You Yo. Know. Yeah, so that's, that's why we're kind of uh, highlighting. We have a theme. We have a theme this month here. It's Pride Month. Yeah, I actually started writing this for Overkill, but as I got more into it, I was like, D, we've got to do this as the main show because I know, obviously, a lot of killers and serial killers, and I recognize the very famous picture of Howard, but I'd never read into his story more, and it's, it's, it's wackadoo. Well, I had never heard of the guy until you told me about him, and then you're like, well, he's gay, and it's America's first mass shooting, shooting. and I was like, yeah, why not? We should cover this on the main show. So I got a lot of this information. There's a great article by the Smithsonian. Um, I read like a lot of old newspaper newspaper articles. There's Murderpedia. But I was actually inspired th- by this because um, Hyena Gallery, um, this bookshop on Instagram, he does destroy the day where he'll sometimes highlight serial killers. He posted this up and I was like, oh, I recognize that guy. Read it and was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So thanks to Hyena Gallery. Way to give away your sources. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> So Howard, he was born on January the 21st, 1921. He was an Aquarian, go figure. He was a shy boy and he was kicking about um, his hometown of Camden, New Jersey with his younger brother, Bill. Now Camden is best known for probably leaving it to go across the river to Philadelphia. Fucking shithole. Fucking shithole. Well, I think Camden's actually the town um, Brett Easton Ellis went to university in. It's a college town and he, it's Rules of Attraction is based in Camden. Oh, isn't in Camden? Yeah, but there, I mean... There are areas of uh, New Jersey that are very affluent, but I'd say most of it's like Newark. I've always wanted to go to Philly, fucking Delphia. Have you ever been there? Yeah, I've been to Philly. Yeah, it seems like it's a really good mix of like sleaze and pubs I and art. Philly border, and... or Pennsylvania borders New Jersey, right? Yeah, it's just separated by the river. Yeah. Yeah. So, because this was the olden days, it's like quite the thing with like these olden killers. His childhood wasn't really noted. He didn't like, you know, hang out on Rotten.com or do any of those fun stuff. He was just known as a quiet, shy boy whose ambition in life, as he stated in his yearbook, was to become a government employee. So, Howard is super exciting, as you can tell. He's yeah, full of big yucks. That's the lamest thing I've ever heard in a yearbook. Totally. Yeah, it's like you would, you know, I mean, you think it's like, oh, I have a menage a trois to get it, you know, have a is threesome. Is that what you said? Do a bunch of cocaine. It's <laughs> like something. It's just like, 
my aspiration is to be a government employee. Big yuck. No sandwich. wonder this guy went on mass shooting. So he was born to Sam and Frieda Unra, and they separated not long after his birth. Howard would become a total mummy's boy, just like every man that I have ever dated. So in an October 1949 um, psychiatric report that formally declared Howard insane, it noted that he had a rather prolonged period of toilet training, and he did not walk or talk until 16 months old. 16 months old, 16 that's a long time. It's a long time, training. yeah. Walking and talking, he was just quiet, you know. My mother said it took me two years. I'm surprised you can even do it now. Can you? <laughs> if I'm not drunk, so I'm all, fine. all that toilet training thing also sounds like every man I've ever dated, too. So he graduated from Woodrow Wilson High School in 1939. And funnily enough, not only was Woodrow Wilson one of the most racist presidents of all time, his mother was born in Carlisle, Cumbria, which isn't far away from where um, I'm sat right now in my bunker. Woodrow Wilson's mother? Is from Carlisle, Cumbria. Never I promise that. that him being racist as fuck and her being born here aren't linked. I promise we've just proven that D is the racist one, not me. Uh, <laughs> beg to differ. <laughs> so by now, it's 1942. He'd worked a series of odd jobs. Europe is absolutely raging at this time. And like a lot of strapping young men in his circumstances, he enlisted in the army. And he saw active service in the Rhineland from October 1942 until July of 1945. And he was part of many armoured artillery battles as a tank soldier. So he went across Italy, France, Austria, Belgium and Germany. So he's going the around. Jerry's, this guy. No, he, we're the Jerrys. He was fighting. Wait, is no, the, the Germans, Germans the Jerrys? Jerry's. What yeah. were we? I always no, get it confused. No, we weren't called the Limeys. I thought we were the, no, the Germans are the Jerrys. Who knows? <laughs> Somebody will tell us, I'm sure. <laughs> During the war, he was reportedly a, like a really brave tank soldier, but he kept meticulous notes on every German soldier that he killed. He would mark down the day, hour, and the place, and he would also describe the corpses in disturbing and extremely bloody detail. And for some reason, nobody else considered this, you know, weird because yeah. it's war. But did they do that in Vietnam all the time? Did he take any trophies? Did he have an ear necklace? He was not known to take trophies. No ear necklace. But in Legend of in Legends of the Fall, which is Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt goes into World War One and he goes around um, taking the hearts out of Germans. It's one of my favorite Ooh. parts in it. So he was also known for being a first-class soldier because obviously he's a goody-goody. He occasionally served as a tank gunner and he received commendations, although he never rose above the rank of private first class. He just couldn't get there because he wasn't very affable enough. He never drank or swore. He didn't chase the local prozies um, with his fellow squaddies. He would just rather sit in his barracks D. He would write long letters back home to his beloved mother and he would sit reading his Bible. So wait, was he closeted gay at this point? I will get into that. Okay, like so, did he come out in the in in the army? No, of course not. Okay, I mean, so don't forget, at this time homosexuality was illegal. You couldn't come out and be like, "I'm gay, boys." You get arrested. You'd be court-martialed and sent to jail. Yeah, that's true. So he was a, also known as an excellent marksman. His main hobby, hobby, other than Bible and his mother, was guns. And he was known for being a deadly shot, too. And this could be why he survived all these years of Nazi warfare when others didn't. Well, I mean, he's a, a sniper, right? So he wasn't he... a sniper. No. Oh, okay. He's just a first-class private. So he's a soldier. He's seeing, like, real warfare. So you've got to think about 
he will have gone into the camps at the end and seen everything that unfolded. When he's on the PTSD, ground. This guy. So, yeah, he's. This is PTSD before it was ever named yeah. PTSD. He was honorably discharged in '45 at the war's end, sent home to his beloved mother with his Bible tucked under his arm. He had a lot of well-deserved medals. He was given a slew of firearms. He also took his favorite Luger that he'd ripped off the corpse of a dead Nazi. So when he got home, he decorated his bedroom with all his militia. So he had pistols and bayonets and he had machetes and he had ashtrays crafted out of German shells, which are really cool. You can buy them on eBay. He also set up a target range in his basement. Um, It's a bit like Boner Villain. That it, well, Boner Villain, some Travis Bickle type shit. Totally. Yeah, But no, I can see how it could be like Boner Villain, closeted gay, you know, um, (laughs) collecting weapons. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he keeps like militia. Uh, I'm sure Boner villain keeps like assiduous notes of how many times he masturbates. Oh, just you wait about was. this note taking yeah. that Howard is about to take you up to. So he did find some work as him, but he didn't ho- couldn't hold down a job. He twi- tried to enroll at Temple University in Philadelphia, but he dropped out. So he ba- he hung around the house whilst his beloved mother she went to toil at her day job in the plastic flowers factory. <laughs> Wait, she really worked at a plastic flower factory. No, I made that up. Oh. Whenever anybody works in a factory, it's a plastic flowers factory. Yeah, I would go on a spree shooting in a plastic flower flowers factory. factory. Um. So his busiest day of the week was Sunday when he would just roll himself out for church services. So a psychiatrist would later write. After World War II, after he'd returned home, he did not work, nor did he have any life goals or directions. He had difficulty adjusting or solving problems, and he was very angry at the world. Howard was a loner, D, and he was about to become a rebel too. He kind of sounds like the first incel. Yeah. So he's like the first <laughs> mass shooter. Oh, the no, first because incel. Howard's about to start having a really good time, though. Oh, okay, so he's about to come out. That's the thing. Why don't incels just be gay? No, he's not. He can never come out. No, he never comes couldn't. out because it's illegal. It's time. Get that into your mind. He can never come out fully. But that doesn't mean that homosexual okay. activities was were not occurring at all. all right, I'm saying he's not going to officially come out, but he's going to start, you know, perusing being it. gay. Yeah, he is. and start. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Satiating his gay desires. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So maybe incels should do that. They should, but because if he's, they're gay. Because he's locked in the house all the time, he's, uh, you know, he's keeping a close watch on his neighbors. So he begins to start uh, despising and hating them. And for all the neighbors and the local neighborhood near Duels, it was easy for them to pick on the mama's boy. And resentment built up within Howard. He was the war vet with a sharp shooting eye. And he was growing over what he regarded as derogatory remarks made about my character. So, and then this is how he kept up with his war traditions. He began keeping a secret diary and it was detailing every movement that the neighbors made, the neighborhood and all the secrets he thought that they were whispering about him because Howard was keeping that big secret about being gay. It sounds like he's almost like schizophrenic. I mean, really, do the neighbors care that much about him? Later on, he does get diagnosed as schizophrenic, but there was like a, in 1991, they re- they didn't re-diagnose him, but they went back through his case, and they said that he probably isn't, wouldn't be classified as schizophrenic to this day. But in those days, you know, their knowledge of psychology is definitely not what it is. Yeah, but he's got now. like paranoid delusions. He's thinking about like yeah. his neighbors who are just probably just normal people. I would kind of say it's probably definitely low-level PTSD. Yep. Yeah, I'd say so. So here you go. In in the 1949 commitment report, Unruh claimed that Mr. Cohen 
who lived next door and he owned the drugstore below the apartment that he shared with his mother, claimed that he shot changed him five times, which I can understand because Mr. Cohen's clearly a Jew and he's wanting to keep hold of his shekels. (laughs) Mrs. Cohen, Mr. Cohen's wife, told him to constantly turn down his music, which was the sounds of like Brahms and Wagner. But even though their son Charles, who was 12, he was free to play his trumpet at all hours. I mean the instrument. This is the neighbor. This is their neighbors who share the apartment kind of block with them. His most hated enemy was the Coens. So he just didn't like Jews. Didn't like Jews, but he had other enemies too. He had a shit list. It sounds like he had a lot of enemies. So he had the man and woman who lived below him because they threw trash on his back lot. He had the barber because the barber put dirt in a vacant yard that backed up the drainage and flooded his cellar so he couldn't shoot his guns. He had the shoemaker who buried trash close to his property and a mystery boy named Sorg who tapped his electricity to light up the Christmas trees that he was selling on the street. I could see this guy like, you know, you make one wrong move. It's like, you just made the list, buddy. Well, do you know what he did? If he really fucking hated you, he would write the word um, retail, which was short for retaliate. And he started contemplating killing all of these neighborhoods over these like perceived slights (laughs) in his little book. Right, your your name's on the list now. Our name's on the list, boy. So now is when it starts to get a little bit saucy. On September the 5th, 1949, he crossed the bridge to Philadelphia to go see some movies. On the bill that night was a double feature. I managed to find the name of the films. It took me ages to find them. So there's the double-crossing gangster movie, I Cheated the Law, and The Lady Gambles, which stars Barbara Stranwick, which I can't say right now. She plays a poker and dice game addict. This is a great fucking movie. If you've not never seen it before, I highly recommend it. It's one of the best film noirs of all time. What's it called? The Lady Gambles. Anything Lady with Barbara Stanwyck in. She's, a, she's like a gay film noir icon as well. Is it a talkie? It's a talkie. Of course it is, D. They were talking back then. All right. I'll, I'll give a talkie a chance. <laughs> so he wasn't there for the film noir pictures, though. He was actually there to meet a man with whom he'd been having a weeks-long affair. So Howie, I'm going to call him Howie. You see, his big secret was that he was a gay man. Uh, after the massacre, he was totally upfront with the psychiatrist who interviewed him about being gay. He'd had a girlfriend for a few years, but during that time, he'd realized that he'd preferred the sausage to the clam. And he broke it up with her, off with her by telling her that he was a schizo, that's his words, and that he would never marry her. And he told the psychiatrist that she meant nothing to him and that they'd never even once had sex. Mental note. Schizo might be a good <laughs> way. Instead of ghosting, just be like, I'm schizophrenic. I'm schizo. Sorry, babe. I won't marry you. Yeah. And following their breakup, he just went on a total shagging rampage. He shagged tons of men. And so many men that he actually, so many men, he contracted gonorrhea. Have you had the gonorrheas? Only twice. Only twice. I've never had it because I'm a good girl and I don't shout for many men. I find that extremely men's. hard to believe. <laughs> so, and actually, after dropping out of the university in 48 that I talked about, he kept his room in a lodging house in Philadelphia for nearly a year, seeing that his interest in religion declined when his sexual relationships with male friends increased. So he had a shock pad. Yeah, I mean, he like totally uh, had a sodomy flat here. A sodomy flat is right, yeah, but, but I think it's hilarious. It's like he's like, yeah, I don't care as much about the Bible anymore. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna fucking check. <laughs> he's just like, fuck it. So unfortunately for Howie, who was 28 years old at this time, he was you know a slender, hollow-cheeked six-footer. He was held up by traffic, and by the time he reached this theater, which was a well-known gay pickup spot on Market Street, um. 
his date was gone. And I also don't blame his date because if somebody is late to meet me, especially on a date, if they're late, I'm fucking off. I'm how not waiting around. How many around. minutes do you uh, give them? Like, what's the? Uh, like I was the, the same. Way. I'm ten. If you're on time, you're late. So I usually aim to get to a place for fifteen to ten minutes before that time. It's pathological, but okay. So by that time, it reaches like so. Say if we're meeting at ten, if it gets to ten o'clock. I've already been waiting 15 minutes. So then I'm on the countdown. I will never make wait more than 15 minutes. Oh, so you have 15 minutes. It's different now because we can text. But if you're not there in 15 minutes, I'm gone. It's rude. What, what if there's like an issue? Like what if your uh, child has monkeypox and died or something? Well, firstly, I would never be with anyone who has a child. All right. What if they're a cat? Oh. Got hit by a car. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. I will meet up with you another day, but you have angered me by m- making me wait. <laughs> it's rude what if they have an eight ball of cocaine i will have gone i'm not in, i'm not sitting around don't waste my time jesus suffer no fools so yeah so howard he sat in the dark brooding about this until 2 20 a.m and he just sat through multiple on-screen loops of the films because back in those days the movies just repeated you know you'd pay your ticket in and you could just see as the film like 20 times. Was this like a gay movie theater or was this like a... It was a known gay pickup spot. So were they showing like gay stag films? I just told you what they were showing. They were to- showing two film Lady noir Gambles. classics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, was it also... How come it was like a gay pickup spot when just... it was showing just regular movies? Well, what? Why? Stag films weren't invented at this time, David. Put your yeah, mind in the past. Been 1950? There were stag films. They weren't showing them like they were in the 70s in like the old Farrell Theater. I'm sure there were. Like, Again, I will like reinstate the... to you homosexuality was gay at this time. What about the bookstores? There, the bookstores were around back it then. It was also gay then. You probably would have to really trust someone. To go to like the bookstore and see. I'm sure there were, there were some theaters. Well, you get in your little time machine and you go back and find those theaters. And then you, at the end of this episode, go, I found the theaters, guys, but I'm now trapped. All right, I'm going on Chrome, my time machine. <laughs> <laughs> so at 3.30 a.m., after he'd sat in this theater all night, he arrived home in New Jersey to find that the newly constructed fence at the rear end of his backyard, one that he'd erected, to quell the on- he directed himself to quell the ongoing feud with the Cohens. I'm not judging him. I would also like a fence between me and the Jews. It had been tampered with, and the gate had been missing. So now he Howard was just convinced that the world was out to get him, and he has decided to exact enact his revenge. I would have been messing with a psychotic uh, veteran that lived next door too. Well, you're gonna see what fucking happens well, I, to you I, if you mess with him. I would have been. I, I guarantee I would have been on the top of the list. You would have been. Well, number one, you're Jewish and he hates the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> number two, I would have been fucking with him on a regular basis. So what he did was he went into inside inside his apartment. He uncased his favorite German Luger PO8, the one he'd gotten from the dead Nazi. He had a nine millimeter pistol that he'd purchased at a sporting goods, goods store for $37.50, which is probably like 200 quid today. And he secured it with two clips and he had 33 loose cartridges. 
he was kind of unable to sleep because he was so excited and he was making mental lists of all his intended targets on his shit on his shit list and it was like a group of local shopkeepers that you would kind of find in like a 1950s children's book he wanted to kill the druggist he wanted to kill the shoemaker the tailor the cobbler and the restaurant owner what the cobbler do <laughs> he fucking hates the cobbler you'll hear what the cobbler did <laughs> i'm very interested to know what the cobbler did so he kind of hated all these people because he felt that they all knew that he was a homosexual he felt that they were talking about him he said that he had overheard Mr. Cohen calling him a queer and said that he had heard a rumor that another neighbor had seen me go down on somebody in an alleyway one time. Oh, this guy is completely paranoid. A paranoiac totally. schizophrenic with the gay paranoiac schizophrenic with, with schizophrenic delusions. That would be the worst neighbor to have. Totally. And also all the local teenagers who were making fun of him for being a Bible bumping mummy lover. They frequently harassed him when they saw him, and they always said that they'd seen him at the notorious family theater, the one on Market the Street, theater. the Stag Theater, you know, dressed up as Frankenfurter. That part's not true. <laughs> Frankenfurter wasn't invented then. Yeah, I don't think the Rocky Horror Picture Show came out just yet. Although but it should have been. Well, I'm sure this guy did have one of those outfits, though. <laughs> Although Howie didn't know this. At the time, no one in the neighborhood fought or even knew he was a homosexual. And again, I will reinstate for you the peanut gallery, D, because you haven't heard this. Homosexuality was illegal at the time. It was fucking illegal. So nobody's first idea was this man is a homo. You know, okay, it's the same time when they're paranoid about commies. And they're paranoid. We just got a World War II. No, no, no. The, the commie, the commies didn't the really 50s, start until the years. 50s. Yeah, but yeah they were this still, was still, this was, was like the boom time. Yeah, it was about to start, though. I mean, it's all of a sudden now it's like the Soviet Union was coming to power. And I think then they start becoming paranoid about something. Guaranteed, there are people like that were worried about the gay, had the gay panic. They would have been, but this is a kind of a little town, a little neighborhood. I think most people that were unsuspecting, I bet, but they had no idea. And I think this guy was just paranoid. Oh, completely. So the tailor that he was on his shit list, a man by the name of Ton Zagrino, he described Howard as awfully polite, the kind of guy who wouldn't hurt a flea. So his wife of less than a month, Helga, she would be one of Unruh's last victims. He also added, I think he's a nice fellow. He seems devoted to his beloved mother, and that's something I like. A bit light in his loafers, but that's fine <laughs> with me. So eventually Howard, how he dozed off, he slept like a little kid on Christmas Eve, and he was ready to go into the morning of Tuesday, September the 6th. And at around 7 or 8, his beloved mother, she woke him up, wakey-wakey, eggs and bakey, and after eating and washing it down with a cool glass of American milk, he descended into his basement and he returned with a wrench. So he held it over his beloved mother's head in a rather threatening manner. And she said to him, what do you want to do with that for, Howard? I can't do New Jersey. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. She would later say that her son appeared to be like transfixed. And she kept repeating her question over and over and over before she ran out of the house to find safety with a fellow neighbor, fearing that her son had finally reached the tipping point. He's a powder keg. Yeah. And he was about to go. He just snapped. So a short while later, a very short while later, after hearing the gunfire and the mayhem and the carnage, she put um, one and one together and she fainted in shock at the revelation because she knew what Howard had done. I'm sure she had some inkling 
about her son's psychosis. I mean, he had to have been like, I bet she spent an inordinate amount of time in the basement. Mother, I'm just going to the basement. She probably heard weird noises down there. Lots of masturbation. Yes. He, she probably was never even allowed to go down there. Oh, no, there would definitely be a, stay away, mother, I'm in the basement. I'm sure he wore her undergarments. Man, as mantis. From time to time, as one does. But, I mean, I, I'm sure she suspected that there was something off about her weirdo son, especially after he came back from the war. I'm sure she with did. With his notebooks, but pills. Back then, mental health was not as well known as... People were getting lobotomized back then. Francis Farmer was getting electric shock treatments in the nut house at this time. I don't think people were staying home from school because they were depressed. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think life was just depressing there. It was, for some. So he, yeah, for some. he was now left alone. He picked up his guns and ammo. He also armed himself with a six-inch knife, knife and a tear gas pen that had six shells. And he cut wait, wait, wait. through. A tear gas pen? Like a pen? Like a spy? Like some James Bond would No, have? it's bigger than that. They just call it a pen. But it just shoots out like tear gas canisters. Kind of like what the police use. Wow, this guy was like ready to go Columbine. Yeah, Columbine for Columbine. Yeah. So he cut through the backyard to the 3200 block of River Road. So he was dressed in a brown tropical wool suit. It's very smart. A white shirt and a striped bow tie looking very snazzy. And he had on his army boots that he'd worn throughout his tenure in the army. So Howie, he first um, shot at a bread delivery man in his truck, but he missed. And he then walked into the shop of a man that was on his shit list. 27-year-old cobbler John Pillar. He shot him in the chest and John fell to the floor and he was gasping for air and spitting up blood, but he wasn't dead. There was a young store assistant. He was cowering in fear behind the shop's counter, but Howard just strolled up to the felled man and shot him in the head. And he was the first victim of the day of his rampage. Wait, so you didn't tell me what the cobbler do? The cobbler, he just hates these people. He thinks they're all out to get him. They're, oh, okay. they're all he spreading just rumors. They all think he's gay and they're spreading yeah. rumors. But the cobbler didn't like fuck up a pair of his favorite shoes. No, he was probably like putting trash in a place he shouldn't have been putting trash. And okay. Howard didn't like right. this. So he walked straight back Mental. out onto the street and he walked straight into the barber shop next door. So 33 year old barber Clark Hoover, he was cutting the hair of six year old Oris Smith. Oris Smith, he was getting a haircut because it was his first day of school the next day. His mother, Catherine, she was sat nearby reading a magazine. Clark saw the wide-eyed lanky gunman, recognized him, and he tried to shield Oris from the, railed gun, the raised gun, but he failed, and the boy died from a bullet to the head. Yeah, right. I'm sure he used him as a human shield. <laughs> well, the next bullet from uh, Howard's gun ended the life of the barber Clark. All right, well. <laughs> so it didn't work. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Howard ignored Catherine, and she picked up the body of her dead son, and she ran out into the street screaming bloody murder. And eventually somebody picked her up in their car, and they took her to hospital. But obviously the son was son beyond died. help. Yeah, of course. He was shot in the head. So he was striding as straight as a poker down the river road. And Unra shot, shot at another boy, but he missed before shooting into a tavern. He hated this local tavern because obviously it's um, a place for bad things to happen. Do you think that's the Drinking. only time Howard's ever been described as being straight? <laughs> hey! <laughs> I totally would have been shot. Yeah, he would have been shot I would, first. I would have been like, fuck your gate, bitch. <laughs> Taking it. <laughs> And this is why people snap, do you say? Oh, yeah. So Frank Eng Engel, who was the landlord, he ducked and he missed the bullet that had shattered his window. And he ran upstairs and he grabbed his thirty-eight caliber Luger too. He had a Luger. 
But Howie, he was about to face his ultimate nemesis. He reloaded, he readied himself, and he was going to the pharmacy that belonged to that cunt Cohen. He was going for them. Oh, going to the Jewish pharmacy. Yeah, Yeah, this is totally like a movie, this next bit. It's like the boss, man. It's like the boss villain. Yeah. So, sadly, there was a 45-year-old insurance man, although it depends on how you feel about the death of insurance men, James Hutton. He was coming out of the drugstore, and he met the barrel of Howard's gun. Howard said, excuse me, James didn't react quick enough, so he just shot him point blank in the face. Wow. He, and uh, left to bleed to death. Howard just nonchalantly stepped over him. He entered the pharmacy, and as he did, he saw 40-year-old Maurice Cohen and his 38-year-old wife, Rose, running up the stairs to hide in their own apartment. Howard kind of knew that his time was running short. He'd you know, been shooting a lot of people in the street. The Wait, police would be here soon. Did he use the tear gas gun? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Waiting for this. So he could hear... He went up the stairs, and he could hear the commotion in the closet. He was used to commotions in the closet. He's kind of trapped in one. (laughs) And he shot three times through the door before he opened it, and he just shot Rose point blank in the face. Ooh. So cold. Brutal. Her 63-year-old mother, she was trying to phone the taffy-eating cops across the room, and he just shot her dead with one bullet from across the room. Because he's a marksman. He just shot her dead. So Maurice, he was trying to make his escape across to across the porch roof, but again, God, the sharpshooter saw him. I love how Maurice just ditches his wife <laughs> and his mother-in-law. He's like, "Fuck <laughs> this, I'm out of here." Well, come on, I mean, there's plenty of men who would ditch their mother-in-law. <laughs> well, mother-in-law, yeah, but yeah. his wife. Well, she's dead now, and yeah. um, you know, Maurice died too. He fired multiple times into his enemy's back. Maurice tumbled from the porch, and he ended up on the sidewalk. Um, sidewalk below. Do you get impaled on the gate? I wish. Oh. Like in the hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their 12-year-old son, Charles, he was fine. He was cowering in another clo- closet and he went undetected. So he was the only one who survived. And it, all in all, that took about two minutes for him to walk into this place, kill everyone and leave. Wait, wait. So from the cobbler... All the way to the pharmacy. That was two. No, that was the bar. He went from the bar. No, barber to the cobbler. It's still not to the pharmacist. This is nearly at the end, but that whole scenario took less than two minutes. So we're at about how many minutes in? Nearly at the end. Okay. All right. So we're like 10 minutes, eight, eight to 10 minutes. Something like that. Okay. So he was now back on the river road. He stepped over the dying Maurice, who he fucking hated. And he strayed from his uh, shit list for a while. He had the ammo and he just started firing on random, motors, random motorists. He was, you know, reaching into cars. He killed people and he killed four people before he headed for the tailor shop of Tom Zagrino, who he hated. Also on the list. Also on the shit list. So he found only Helga inside. She got down on her knees and she begged him for his li- for her life, but he shot her point blank in the head. Oof. So next door, what happened was um, there was to- a little young boy called Thomas Hamilton. He was close to three years old. He was ignorant to the gunfire. I mean, he's a toddler. And he was just like playing with a curtain next to the window of his playpen. Howard could see the moving shadows uh, out the corner of his eye, and he just thought it was somebody else he hated. So he just turned around and fired from the hip at the window. A bullet Who ended did... the life of the toddler. He killed a little kid, three-year-old. He shot him in the head. Who did Howard like? Howard like his mother, his beloved mother. He tried Frida. to hit her with a, what was it? Like he, a well, I don't think he ever was. He was just threatening her to like leave. 
mum. And she did. I guess he just liked the random dudes he met at the theater. He liked them and that he was liked ephemeral, his mum. I don't think he really had any friends. No, I don't think he had any friends at all. So after doing this, he darted back out into the alley where he was worried about all the trash. And he broke into a home that was also behind his apartment lot. Um, lot. He wounded a mother and a son before he finally, he now had run out of ammo. So facing a defeat, he returned to his home and the sirens, they were growing closer and closer. So this has just been a short 20 minutes. Howard has slain 20, he'd wounded four, a nine-year-old boy would succumb to his wounds in the hospital, which raised the toll to uh, 13. The Kramer Hill neighborhood, it smelled of gunpowder and blood. The the mailman dropped his full sack. Not like that, do you? Just Mm. put down his mailbag on the pavement. He quit that day and never went back to town. The authorities, they had Howard surrounded but, I mean, back then, mass shootings, they weren't a commonplace occurrence. and well, they was the first one. Yeah, they weren't yeah. quite sure of the protocol or how to handle the situation. I'm sure they weren't trained. No, like, no one's I, trained. I doubt, yeah, Well, I doubt cops were trained for mass shootings because it's just unheard of. Yeah, so they did what America does best. And what do you think America does best? God, I guess open fire on black people. <laughs> well, no, they're going to open fire on Howard. Oh, but they, they didn't did blame us. a black guy for the massacre? <laughs> there was about, by this point, there's so many like gawkers and onlookers. So the police surround, and the police, so they surrounded the apartment building from all sides. There was more than 50 officers. They had shotguns, machine guns, pistols. Ooh. And um, they put the lives of up to a thousand neighbors and eyewitnesses in the line. And they just blasted the building in a hail of bullets. And I am so surprised that no onlookers or other policemen died. So wait, they surrounded the the, the apartment, apartment block and just open fire, just salvo bullets. No one else was shot. No, no other. They just went for it. How many times was Howie shot? I'll tell you how many times he was shot. There was a crafty assistant city editor of the local rag, the Camden Evening Courier. He took it upon himself to look up Howard in the phone book and he just rang the telephone inside the apartment. So they had a bit of casual chit chat over the sounds of bullets and shattering windows and stucco. And, you know, they were talking gossip like, do you prefer the American office or the English one? What are you going to have for dinner? Stuff like that. How many people have you killed? What's your favorite Tom Jones song? What's your favorite Tom Jones song? But when he said to him, like, how many people have you killed? He says, uh, Howard boasted that he didn't quite know yet. He wa- he wasn't really keeping good. He wasn't really counting, wasn't keeping a good score. But it looked like it was going to be a good score. Well, the numbers keep going up. Keep going up. And he ended the phone call by saying that he had to go because his, a couple of his friends were on uh, their way to pick him up. He had no friends, though. Yeah, it's the police. Uh, yeah, I would say the police are his friends at this point. So a couple of the hoagie-eating cops, they had climbed up onto the roof and they chucked in some tear gas canisters into Howard's apartment. And Wait, within, did he use the tear he gun? He never at this used point? his no, all his <sighs> knife. I think mean, it was all for show because it was all in his belt. And within five minutes, Howard shouted that he was putting his guns in a desk drawer, and he walked out unarmed and he surrendered with his hands above his head. And as he was being cuffed, obviously this baying crowd of like onlookers and victims and neighbors, they were all screaming for his death. And a cop asked him, like, what's the matter with you? You a psycho? And he flatly replied, I am no psycho. I have a good mind. Yeah, um, right. All right. Beg <laughs> yeah. To differ. 
And inside of his apartment, they feel, they uh, found what they described as an arsenal of weapons. He had guns, knives, he had bullet-making equipment, he had more than 700 rounds, so he hadn't even taken all his rounds of ammunition with, um, with him. And they also found quite a few books on sexual hygiene, so he was still hmm. quite paranoid about gonorrhea, which I think is quite safe. Be paranoid well, about think, gonorrhea. I think it's good to have the books on sexual hygiene. And uh, on the table, there was a Bible, and it was opened to uh, Matthew 24. And we've got a little sample of what Matthew 24 sounds like. This is probably the first, is this the first time a Bible verse will have been played on this show? I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever played a Bible verse before. Well, you're going to hear one now. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. There you go. The Bible. So what's the significance? Why Why do you have that open on Matthew 24? Well, it's all about... You know, it's all about killing the other man before he deceives you. All men are out to deceive you. Have your back up. So it's just uh, the, the the paranoid schizophrenic kill or uh, be favorite killed. Bible verse. Yeah, yeah, it's the Old kill Testament. Kill or be killed. And for the next couple of hours, he was grilled in the Camden's detective office, and he just took full responsibility for the killings, and he laid out everything he'd done in a methodical and very cold detail. You just throw down the list and be like, "There they are. There they are." He explained everything. He listed the neighbors who had wronged him. He described each murder with little to no emotion. He claimed to feel some form of sorrow for the children that he had killed, but um, the doctor's notes indicate he didn't seem remorseful. And he even went so far as to say that murder is sin and I should get the chair. Anyways, (laughs) during this interrogation, a detective noticed a pool of blood uh, was pooling underneath Howard's chair. So at late in the rampage, he had been shot in the buttock slash upper leg. It was probably while he was chit-chatting with the newspaper man on the phone. So he was taken straight to Cooper Hospital, which is the same one as all of his victims. That reminded me of JFK and Lee Harvey, because when Lee Harvey was shot, he was taken to Parkland, which is where JFK oh, wow. was taken JFK to. Was, yeah. Surgeons were unable to remove the bullet, and less than 24 hours after he was arrested, he was transferred to the Varun building for the criminally insane at Trenton Psychiatric Hospital voluntarily. And he would remain on the grounds for the next 60 years as case number 47077. He would never stand trial for his walk of death. Um, so, so was he incompetent to stand trial or did he just, he said, I just want to go to the mental institution. I guess it was probably different, the different uh, parameters Totally different back then. Because he did have charges were filed for 13 counts of willful and malicious slayings with malice after thought. He also had three counts of uh, atrocious assault and battery. And he was eventually pronounced insane, making him immune to criminal prosecution. And that's why he was incarcerated at a unit for the criminally insane. I was hoping you were going to say the 12-year-old Jewish kid who survived you. the shooting <laughs> was going to get revenge. I'm going to tell on him. No, nah, I was hoping he'd go get revenge and murder him, like, you oh, know, yeah, Charles. become an orderly and choke him out. So his father's Sam, he was caught ordered to pay $15 a month towards his upkeep. I mean, $15 in 1949, that's probably, like, what, five grand today? Yeah. Something like that. 
And um, for the next six decades, he was unheard of. He would pop up from time to time, but otherwise he's kind of been forgotten as America's first mass shooter. His beloved mother, she would visit right up until her death in 1985. But other than a few crushes on other inmates, he kept himself to himself. He was mopping the floors whilst he muttered. He kept up a stamp collection. One place where he hasn't been forgotten is a Kramer Hill neighborhood where he destroyed so many lives. River Road is still working class. It's mainly dotted with Mexican shops these days. But the layout is basically the same. You can walk the same route that he took. The barbershop has been torn down, but the buildings that housed the tailor, the cobbler, the candlestick maker, they're still intact and in use. The block looks exactly the same because I Google mapped it. Even the Cohen's pharmacy and the apartment is still there. Hmm. There's no plaques. There's no memorials. There's no markers of any kind. The residential apartment building where Howard and his beloved mother lived, that's since been abandoned only recently within the last 20 years or so. And weeds grow out the abandoned back alley and the lot. The gate still missing. Gate still missing. I wonder. Someone should put a plaque like uh, first mass shooter in the U.S. First Woo! of many. Yeah, one of those blue plaques like we do in this country. Yeah, I could see that. Like this, this is the birthplace of the first mass shooter. So he, Howard, was technically not the first mass shooter, as. Mass shooter is typically a suicidal act in which violence is used to enact extreme vengeance and it almost always ends in the perpetrator's death. A psychiatrist said that. I prefer a mass shooter to a spree killer because I always hate when they just give themselves up. I like that though because I I like to... Go out and hail a bullet. Yeah, I think that's the coward's way out. You stay the fuck alive and you go to jail so that... Coward's way out to stay alive. Living is hell, dying is easy. No, but I think if you're going to go do this, it's like go out and take as many cops as you possibly can. No, I think stay alive and then make a spectacle of yourself in the courtroom. I just don't think because then everybody dismisses you. If you go out as a psycho before you embarrass yourself in court, they're like, oh, he's just another nutter. I think if you go and like take out like 15 cops before they like mowed you down, they're like, yeah, that guy was a a crazy bastard. A crazy bastard. A crazy bastard Jew. Um, so he, he wasn't Jewish, was he? No, you would be. Oh, That's what okay. they say about you. You're Jewish. So UNRWA was like the kind of rare exception. He's He became the public face for a seriously horrific time crime at the time because it just didn't happen. Yeah, what yeah. is known... First of its kind. The United States, which has 5% of the world's population, was home to nearly one-third of the world's mass shooters from 1966 to 2012. One-third. But that, mass gun murders like UNRWA's, they're too rare at the time to be considered a threat. But he was the start of like a horrifying trend, which has now become the norm, and we make jokes about it. The lone wolf gunman, he's become the template for school and workplace shooters. It's like one a week. People Maybe following more. in his bloody footsteps. And yet, we still don't have gun control in this and country. And you still don't. <laughs> you can still go get an assault rifle. Believe me, I'm not disparaging it. I think it's great. I think everybody <laughs> should kill each other. I have no problem with it. Well, we're profiting off it. Everyone, people are listening to this because they want to know. Like it's the wheel. It's like the um, what's that snake called that feeds itself? I can never say the word. Ouroboros. That's yeah. it. No, but I agree with it. It's it's like you know I'm an agent of chaos. Why not? <laughs> so Harold um, Schechter, who's a true crime novelist, he says. There have been notorious killers since America was founded, but you didn't have the mass shooting phenomenon before UNRWA's time because people didn't have access to semi-automatic weaponry. 
Howard's brother Jim, he said he was never seen the same after the service and that he ever acted like his old true self. In 1991, a psychiatrist said Howard had one friendship inside himself, but actually it was a person who just keeps talking all the time. And Mr. Unruh is a good listener. So I think that he's saying he's basically schizophrenic and there is somebody inside of him who's saying something to him. But hmm. we'll never know. In 1993, he was transferred to a less restrictive geriatric unit where he would live out his final days, which is something his victims get, didn't get the chance to do. He died on October the 19th, 2009, after a lengthy illness at the age of 88, and he is buried in an unmarked grave next to his beloved mother. And like he said, his last public words were, I'd have killed a thousand if I'd have had enough bullets. <laughs> Wasn't I don't like Mondays? I don't like Mondays. <laughs> um, that was Howard, the story yeah, of Howard. Yeah, interesting. There you go. The first I mean, mass shooter, probably the first gay mass shooter that's for sure there you don't read too many i guess i haven't really looked into how many mass shooters or spree killers are gay yeah i wouldn't know that but he was he was uh, at a time when being homosexual was dangerous yeah yeah howard i think maybe at this point like gay people are like ah, i'm not as angry anymore do you not you know? i think he i think he definitely had ptsd and stuff happened to him because he saw the worst of the warfare well the, this guy definitely had schizophrenia he was a paranoid schizophrenic i mean he had some, i mean the, the the fact that he was which probably you know was exacerbated by the war and his experiences during the war obviously he had ptsd but you know to come back and all of a sudden be like they took my gate down my fucking yeah it's like i live next door to these jews and just to like have these like paranoid delusions and fears and anxiety about all your neighbors and then to have a list you know what would have made it all better a philly cheesesteak possibly i mean he's in new jersey don't, don't they like he went to philadelphia all the time he yeah, could have just gone across the bridge and gotten himself a philly cheesesteak it would have been better what's the jersey thing that they eat wawa <laughs> is that what they eat jersey? the wawa coffee shops wawa yeah I thought, though, I don't know. There's a sandwich that they like in Jersey. The hoagie. Like, yeah, may, maybe he prefers hoagies to Philly cheesesteaks. Maybe he does. That could be. I could fucking I eat know. a hoagie. right. I'd shoot you for a hoagie right now. Mass shooting. Um, there you go. The story of Howard Unruh. Um, the uh, America's like the first mass shooting. The walk of death. Walk of death. Uh, people, this episode 795 here is sticking wrong. Uh, we got some news stories coming up next. Got some phone calls a little later in the show. But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Greetings, loyal subjects in the UK and in the colonies. I love the Sick and Wrong Patreon. It gives me news stories, extra phone calls, and lots of tips on how to deal with my son Andrew, the sweaty nonce. Anybody found in the UK or the colonies not subscribed to the Patreon will face beheading. Thank you. So the first news story we have here uh, has to do with a Florida man, Florida father. Not done a Florida story in a while. Who took his son on a paintball drive-by. <laughs> okay. The boy, 10 years old, ended up being shot with a real gun. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a Florida It's a, it's a flippity floppity. <laughs> but it's also an American story. This is another shooting story. It's a very American episode. This, this is a very American episode. Very American. Um, as Michael Williams drove past a gathering in the yard of a Opalaka, Florida home on Sunday night. Where's that? I have no fucking <laughs> Where's that in shithole Florida? Yes, some dumb Opalaka. shit town in Florida. 
<laughs> Opalaka. It's probably a Native American. As a, name there's a lot of Native yeah. American stuff in Florida, isn't there? Um, what, Seminoles, I think, is the Are tribe. you going to be racist against them as well? I'm, I'm sure not you are. racist. Like uh, some Northern slag co-hosts that I have here. Me. Um, just because you live in a region of England that doesn't have any other people of color. What are you talking um, about? <laughs> uh, I've been to Cumbria. I know what it's like up there. Have okay. you? Yeah, it's like a clan rally. I'm glad you went here while I've lived here. Jews just Jews just drive through Cumbria very quickly. <laughs> you get set on fire if they catch you. Um, <laughs> so as he's driving past a gathering, birthday party in the art of an Opaloka, Florida home, Opaloka. his 10-year-old son fired a barrage of paintballs into the crowd from inside his father's van. So paintballs he just leaned hurt. out the window and just started shooting paintballs. Have you ever been hit with a paintball? Have you ever yeah, been paintballing? Yeah, it hurts like a motherfucker. Fucking hurts, yeah. It hurts. You get a welt. You do get a welt, and the closer it is, the more painful it is. I had a couple of friends of mine in high school. I don't know if they listen to the show or not, but they might recall. Um, There's this, like, I don't know what they were. Christian scientists, something, some kind of weird Christian uh, religion thing. Uh, they weren't allowed to watch TV or whatever. Anyway, the kid was a paper boy, and they shot the kid in the testicles. <laughs> like, he was, like, sitting there changing Aww. a flat tire on his bike, and they just shot the kid Aww. from a car on his <laughs> testicle. I don't think they were aiming at his nut, but they shot him in his nut, and the kid had to have surgery. You fucking joking. No, I'm not even joking. These, these My friends had to, like, do, like, juvie time for this. The most famous memory I have of paintballing from my youth is there used to be this kid's telly show called Biker Grove, and it was for, like, young teens. Ant and Deck, who were... TV presenter who are also rappers. Anyways, I'm not going to get into Ant and Dex's career. But I think it was Ant got a paintball in the eye in Ooh. Biker Grove and it blinded, blinded him. Oh my God. Yeah, and it was the first kind of case of that. And for years, I was like, I am never, ever going paintballing. And then I did. And I was like, this is fun as fuck. Did you go paintballing at like a facility? It was like, yeah, out in the woods because I live in a rural area. So it was this huge like woodland and they put cars. There was a tank and there was like over, there was a bunker that they'd built especially. So it was like, it was like warfare and they would play music in the trees. And then they would also. What kind of music? There was like dun, 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 dun. And you had to go on. Like Katy Perry. Yes, Katy Perry and did like the doors and I think they played Fortunate Son and you obviously had to go and capture the flag of the other team and it was one of the best afternoons I've ever spent. <laughs> I only got hit once. So I was like, I would be good at war. Yeah, there's a there's a facility somewhere, I forget somewhere in LA. It's kind of like the west side. No, not the west side, it's kind of out by um El Monte, that kind of area. But there's a there's a facility, I don't even know if it's still there, but they had like themed so like there was like a Kosovo area, a Somalia oh, yeah, area, I know the big areas a Vietnam do that now. area. And so you can go to like different settings and you Vietnam. just go with a bunch of friends. We did we did the Kosovo thing. Fuck that. I'm Vietnam all the fucking way. I don't know. I sucked at it. <laughs> I think I got like I think I got shot like with a, from the first people and I was like, ah oh, fuck this. Oh, I really got into it. I was like getting on my knees. I was crawling and stuff. I just like totally was like, I'm gonna fucking get to see this other flag. <laughs> I'm like that when I do laser quest as well. I just get, get so I just get so into what the fuck it. Fuck is laser quest? Is laser, it like tag. laser tag. Yeah, it's the same thing. How often do you do laser tag? I haven't done laser quest in probably like ten years, but the last time I went I was like Is that I, still a thing? in northern england yeah you can still go laser quest where do you go do laser tag it's the same thing 
thing. Laser Quest is laser tag. We just call it Laser Quest because it sounds way cooler to be like, I'm going to Laser Quest than Laser Tag. We play like Xbox these days. Do you guys have that? Do you guys have like. <laughs> What's Xbox? Home like PlayStation. D, I I can't believe you're hassling us for having Xbox when you until recently didn't even know that Overnight Oats existed. Okay. I don't like either one of those. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I don't play laser tag. And I don't... Uh, don't paintball. I don't paintball. I suck at both. Um, but yeah, but but in Florida, this is like a father and son bonding thing in, in Opelika. So it turns out it wasn't the father's idea. It was the 10-year-old's idea. Oh, cool. He'd asked his dad if he would take him on a drive-by shooting with his paintball gun. How American. And the dad... Um, Michael Williams here, 26 years old, was like, sure, son, let's get in the van, get some paintballs, put on some ski masks, and let's go shoot up this birthday party. Did you say his son was 10 and he's 26? 26. So he was stupping and impregnating women at the age of 15 slash 16. Well, that's what I was about to say. If you're wondering why a father would think it was a good idea to take his son on a paintball drive-by, he's 26 years old with a 10-year-old son. He was 16 when his son was born. Doesn't possess good judgment. Might no, be me, doesn't. but I don't think this guy possesses the best of judgment. Um, so as the paintball, the paintballs peppered the crowd. It's like a birthday party, like a birthday party of some other elementary school kid that the kid or junior high. Oh, kid. do you know it'd be cool if it was like his enemy from school and he didn't get invited to the party. So he was like, "Dad, how can we get revenge? I want to do a drive-by." That would have been so much cooler. Well, I think that was. I think. Well, I think it was his idea. I think he's like he didn't like this kid this party, so he's like, "Dad, we drive me by. I got some paintballs. Let's go paintball this party. Fuck nice. these bitches." <laughs> uh, so yeah, he peppered the crowd, and one of the victims thought the gunshots were real, so he pulled out his own gun and started shooting at the van, wounding the young boy and sending him to the hospital. America. That's America for you. Um, police later arrested Williams on a charge of child neglect with great bodily harm. Uh, detectives say that the father acted recklessly by agreeing to conduct a drive-by paintball shooting. Seriously. Um, there's been an, this, this particular incident kept, kept a bloody outburst of gun violence in this Miami area that killed three, injured more than 30 people. It's happened over the Memorial Day weekend, so about a week is, week or so ago. Right. Um, there's even one high-profile attack that involved a protege of Grammy-nominated rapper Da Baby. Oh, Da Baby. Da Baby. She's not Da Baby anymore, though. What's her name? Um, Catch Me Outside. How about Dad? Isn't that her? No, you're thinking. Is she of, uh, not Da Baby? Of someone else. Yeah. Who's the Baby then? What is her name? The Cash Me Outside girl. I don't know. Danielle. She's just, she's just Cash Me Outside. How about that? Uh, you gotta say it like you're name. really drunk. Cash Me Outside. How about that? She's like Cash Me Outside. How about, how about that? that? Mm-hmm. Who's the Baby then? Uh, another rapper. Oh, I'm assuming. oh okay. I thought you. Uh, but one I of her you... proteges um, was uh, involved in the shooting. So, this is how how it all went down here. So over the weekend, the uh, holiday weekend, William's son asked his father if he'd take him to a drive-by shoot with a paintball gun. Um, and uh, they went to an area of Miami-Dade County that they call the Devil's Dungeon. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of a cool name, but I think it's probably a shithole. Um, when your father's kind of a rotundo, I don't think you have to be too persuasive to get him <laughs> to engage in these type of activities. So he agreed. Drove the boy to a home in the small city where a group of children had gathered on the front lawn. 
And they don't really say what the kids were doing. I'd like to think it was like a magician was there or something or a clown. Just having a good time. You can stand on your front lawn if you want. It's your front yeah, lawn. Yeah, but it sounded like there was a party. There was definitely a party. Maybe there was on. a bouncy castle. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the boy's father said that his son had been engaged in a paintball battle with several other kids before that Sunday evening shooting. Right, I so see. There was a revenge uh, shooting here. So he's, oh, he's taking it up a notch. I like this kid. Did you get, like, would your parents buy you a paintball gun at the age of 10? Oh, fuck no. I, yeah. We, um, my younger brother, he got a BB gun when he was, like, 14, and he, that was a big secret that me and my brothers all kept, was that he had this BB gun. I guess if another think about it, um, my mother bought me uh, Ninja Stars. Yeah, but your mom was encouraging you to be a ninja warrior. Yeah, I, I don't had Ninja think... Stars, I had Nunchucks, I had a... Uh, what are those side things? She, I my don't brother think... had a crossbow. See, now that's different. <laughs> that's it was dangerous. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a crossbow. Yeah, your mom's pretty cool, though, for buying you all I just that. don't think she really thought about it. It's like, oh, they're going to hurt themselves. Yeah, I think she trusted you all that you weren't going to go and like shoot it. He didn't have like, a big, animals. massive crossbow. He had a, you know, I don't know if you ever seen a trident. Like one of the ones on Buffy. They use yeah, them on yeah, Buffy. Yeah, like one of those ones on Buffy. Like yeah. one of those. Um, we never uh, we did have a BB gun, a couple BB guns actually. Oh, it was a big, big secret that my younger brother had this BB gun. But I don't I know don't, what ever happened to it. I don't think my mother would have been like, "Yeah, let's go for a drive-by and shoot up this kid's house with paintballs." No, but she should have. Um, in witness, South Africa. Uh, yeah, a witness <laughs> in the neighborhood said that uh, Williams and his son had been wearing ski masks and hoodies during the attack. I like it. So not only did his father think the drive-by was a grand idea, you know, good good moment of father and son bonding. He's like, got to put your hoodie on, son, and put on a ski mask to do it right. Yeah, exactly. I like it. You got to wear the uh, the outfit, the uniform. Yeah, but you know, the 10-year-old wasn't just like, oh, should we just put on hoodies? It was the dad that was like, no, we got to do this right. So, you know, some kids have wacky choices of fashion. The kid might have been like, no, dad, we've got we've got a dress. Because uh, I would have been like, Put the tight on. You got to. I'm classic old school. You got to wear the tights. I think. Stocking. Oh, you mean uh, like the pantyhose? Uh, got to wear the pantyhose. That's the old school way to do it. I like doing the dead president mask. They're also very cool. I think that works. Vaya con Dios. Um, I just think that the, the dad isn't like you know. I don't think this was his first drive by. <laughs> yeah, I don't. He probably had the van. Probably had all the equipment. Yeah, the equipment in the back of the van. So when the boy began firing off the paintballs, um, Gregory Barnes, a resident there, said he thought his family was actually under attack, and he just pulled out his gun and just started shooting at the Williams' van. I do like how Barnes was strapped at the at the little kid's party. <laughs> yeah. It's like he just had his gun. like He must have had a gun like in his back pocket. Just ready. Unloaded. Or his pants or something. Um, after being struck with a bullet, the 10-year-old fell out of the van and was run over as the vehicle <laughs> continued to move. The dad then stopped, <laughs> scooped the boy back up, put him in the van, drove home, and then told the boy's mother what happened, who I'm sure she was furious. I ran over our dang kid. She's like, you were doing what? <laughs> we're going to take him to the hospital, and I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> run, um, run over your own kid. Yeah, they called 911, and the boy uh, was uh, taken to the hospital. The father was taken to jail. Um, when the father's been questioned by police, he told a slightly different story. He said that the boy had exited the car when the shooting happened. <laughs> so I don't know where the 10-year-old was going. Oh, maybe he'd like burst out the van doors in a like, you know, just in a ramp, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger 
oh, commando like style. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. That's kind of like me at paintball. That's like what I would have done. Just jump out. Like, would you have done like one of those things like commando rolled out of the van and then just like just start shooting all the kids in the face at the party? Yeah. This sounds like my idea of a great birthday party. Way too competitive. <laughs> um, I just don't give a shit enough to be competitive. I just like it because I just like playing war. Because I really like World War Two and I like Vietnam, so I just get in that zone where I'm like, "Yeah, let's. F- these are fucking Nazis, or I'm the Nazi." <laughs> uh, the boy was taken to hospital for treatment, and uh, the police have not released any further information about the condition or any information whether Williams has an attorney or when he's doing court. Soon. Um, so, do you have any bonding activities like this with drunk dad? Just, just drinking as I got older. Yeah, but when you were a kid, when you were like eleven. Um, artwork. My dad was an artist. Um, As you guys would do drawings. Ra- not drawings. He was like a, he was he would make sculptures and shit like that. I remember we made like a huge paper mache horse once. We made that oh, over. You guys would actually do the sculptures together. Yeah, make oh, sculptures cool. and shit. Um, yeah, that was pretty much as as wholesome as you can get. He'd be yeah. sloshed and we'd make a horse. <laughs> At what age did you first get drunk with drunk dad? About sixteen. I had a couple of drinks of him. But it was more like when I was in uni and I wasn't living at home anymore because when we both went to uni at the same time, so we would see each other on campus. So we'd see each other at like open nights. And obviously at open nights, there's a lot of a free cheap wine and both of us would just be there going, excuse me, excuse me. At the excuse So me. Wait, you were 16 then? No, I was about 18, 19 then. Oh, okay, you're a little bit older. Again, then we would just get drunk and sometimes he would drive me back through to Penrith and he'd be hammered and I'd be like, dad, there's a deer and he would just put his foot down. <laughs> <laughs> laughing <Hit> the deer <laughs> just like laughing he would oh. slow down before he hit it but it's a very dangerous thing to do yeah the rabbi like the the rabbi was very involved in the uh jewish community so he was like actually yeah like so i mean the rabbi pretty much worked all the all the time but when he wasn't working the only thing that i think like he and my brother barely ever hung out and uh he and my sister bonded over dogs they love dogs but me and my dad, the one thing we we used to do was uh, we'd go have locks and bagels. Nice. Go see a Holocaust movie. I agree. I would do that right now. Yeah, right this did. second. I loved it. I mean, it was some because my dad didn't like he didn't like other movies. Later on, he liked rom coms, but he didn't really like action I movies. Do that. He didn't like hated horror movies. Oh, bless. I was a big fan of comedies either. I thought they were boring, but Holocaust movies he can get into. And so, like, yeah, we just watched like the miniseries Winds of War. Schindler's List. I remember we had locks and bagels, went to Schindler's List. Me and your dad could totally go uh, and have an afternoon yeah, together. Yeah, it, it was a good time. I love locks and bagels. Yeah, but you you would be rooting for the uh, the wrong side of the Holocaust. Movie. Afterwards, I would try to sway his mind as to why they were the better team. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have here for the second story? So I have, this is a very English story in comparison to this Americana we've just had. A Bolton man tried to run over brother-in-law over black magic fears. Wait, Michael Bolton? Michael Bolton, he tried to run over his brother-in-law over black magic fears. No, a Bolton man, a man from Bolton. And I cannot stress this enough. I know every episode people are making memes about it. Thank you, Louise, for the great meme. There are a lot of shitholes in this country. A lot and lot of shitholes. But I think number one, I may even claim this is the crown of the shitholes is Bolton. Worse than Hull. Worse than Hull. A hundred times worse than Hull. I have no idea why people live in Bolton. I actually know people who live who are from Charlie. 
who just say that Bolton is an absolute shithole and like Charlie's a shithole. So for one shithole to be judging another shithole, this where, says something to me. Where is Bolton? Like it's in, part of Greater Manchester. In relation to Cockermouth. Um, probably like, you know, two hours as the crow's, crow flies down the road. It's all Greater right, Manchester. So Pretty much, I would say 99% of Greater Manchester is all shithole. It should be nuked off the map. shithole. Quite like a Wigan, but Wigan is also a shithole. Hmm. But you know, the people from Wigan are nice. People from the Bolton Wiggers? are the worst. The Wiggers. The Wiggers. <laughs> they, they come from Wigan? The Northern Soul Dancers. Great. Um. Great fun. So a Bolton man, uh, he tried to run over his brother-in-law over fears that he had been a victim of black magic. The Bolton crown court. Shithole crown court has heard. Alex Story, who's 38, he drove his car at high speed at Umas Patel before punching him in the head and accusing him and his whole family of using an Indian priest to curse him. Oh, is that why they have all those stone circles? What, you mean us or them? We're the ones with the stone circles. Oh, I actually don't right. know if there are stone circles in India. Maybe. It I'm assuming there would from. be. But they come from us. Like in Cumbria, there's like 50 stone circles. They're, fucking, they're ten a penny. You can, like, spit on one from where I'm sat. Stonehenge. Stonehenge is the most boring of all the stone circles. Did you say Stonehenge is a shithole? It is a shithole because you can't get close to it. And, like, the one night a year you can get close to it is the night when you will catch gonorrhea. Oh. Because it's just all hippy dippies who are like, I feel the energy, man. I feel the energy here. And I'm pretty sure a lot of them are shagging. After going to Stonehenge. It's disgusting. You can pretty much smell all the patchouli from, like, 25 miles away. It's the type of people who get Glasto tickets within the first five minutes. You know, it's funny because they're always like, no one knows why these stone circles exist. Like, no one knows who put them there. I know why. Why? Because the Druids used to dog back then. That's they a dogging spot. It was a dogging spot. Yeah, hey, but you sold it. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I've always had this theory. I know it's uh, controversial, but it's true. But it's... It's not dogging when it's like public in that way. It has to be like dogging. Dogging to me has to be kind of secretive. It as is in, secret. it's in the it's woods. It's a secret society. It's no, like they go to the got... stone circles and then yeah, they get then in and just dog. All the stone circles are always on top of a hill where there's no trees for coverage. Yeah, but, but you go there at like three in the morning and just start fucking. Yeah, then it maybe is dogging. That's but what it was. like in those days, there was no car. And I think a car is a vital part of what dogging is. They probably had a horse and a buggy. What? So would they like shag up against the buggy or up against yeah. the horse like 10 of those motherfuckers in the up back of that the buggy i'm wearing their the robes <laughs> that's what i'm robes. saying I, I know a lot about history you do and i'm 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 kind of agreeing with you on this i think it was the druids Medieval dogging the druids love dogging as discovered by us so the prosecutor fiona clancy sounds like a pi fiona clancy reporting said the pair had known each other for about 17 years but obviously their relationship by this point it had deteriorated so mr patel he had been working at a takeaway on charlie road it doesn't say watch takeaway yeah i was about to ask um i would like to know i am assuming chippy no i'm assuming it's a curry shop oh that might make me racist but i'm just assuming it's a curry shop are you just assuming by his name well he's asian they go to india together um so he left the shop probably to do a delivery, and he saw a car driving towards him at high speed, diagonally across the road. It's like Fast and the Furious. Well, someone didn't like the curry. 
<laughs> they were bringing him back. Agree with them. You got my order on fucking Just Eat Wrong. So Mr. Patel, he ran out of the way, but Starry got out, got out and he told him that he was going to kill him. Uh, the prosecutor said this that... This is a brother-in-law story. Yeah, he said he's going to fucking kill him. Um, he then punched him once to the head, just once. And then they started grappling and wrestling in self-defense. He then accused Mr. Patel saying, I know what you've did. You've done some black magic. You and your family... So he wait, wait. So Patel married Story's sister. Yeah, they've been married for seventeen years. Yeah. Why, after seventeen years, did he think that the family was engaging in some kind of black magic ritual? Well, they took a little casual trip to India in 2018, and they went to a, a, a temple, as you do when you're in India, and they spoke to a priest. Molaram. Walderam. Molaram. Is he the disgusting one? No, he's the guy in Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Remember, it pulls. Oh, Kalima, Kalima. Exactly, that's what I'm picturing here. I totally thought you meant that disgusting Indian um, priest whose like hair is really long and his toenails are really oh, long. I've seen you know that what I'm trying to mean? Huge dread. Yeah, he's minging. Hasn't taken a bath in like sixty years. Oh, he's rank. Yeah. I thought you meant him. Kalima is uh, better. No, his name is Moldy Ram. Oh, hey. I've been saving that for a long time just for the show. Did you just pull that out, you little file of jokes? I did, yeah. Jokes for the show. Way back. It's way in the back. So as they were at the temple and um, his brother-in-law was speaking to this priest, um, the defendant believes that he somehow put some black magic on him. So ever since 2018, things have must have been fucking going wrong for Story. Things have must have been fucking up. Wow. So since 2018, was, is Story, so Story's married, right? Is married? Does he have a family? Yeah, he must be. Okay. They went to India together. They probably went on a family holiday to India. And uh, and Patel spoke to the spoke to Molaram. Molaram was like, let me cast a spell here on your brother-in-law because he sucks. Yeah, that's what he reckons now. And ever yeah. since he's come back from India, and life has probably not been going the way he wanted it to go. Um, so when the police arrived, Mr. Patel, he was like sprawled on the ground and he had a huge like lump on his noggin. He had a huge egg. And he said that the incident of ongoing harassment from Mr. Starry, his brother-in-law, he has, has caused him an enormous stress. It's caused me enormous stress. I thought he was going to kill me with his car. This caused me to have a breakdown. So people uh, <laughs> that that might be hearing Kate's racist uh, accent it here. Racist? It's not because she's uh, you're like what a quarter. I am um, Indian. Yeah, right? my granddad is Indian. Yeah, so you're a quarter. Is that you? Would you be a quarter Indian? You're not yeah. half Indian. You're quarter Indian. Quarter Indian. So my mother like is half people, Indian. So, yeah. So yeah. you can go right ahead and use that racist accent. That How no is it racist to do it. accent? When I do my Australian accent, is that racist? No, because they're white. They're not all white though, are they? What, what are you doing, Aboriginal? That accents? could be an Aboriginal. I like to drink, just like the Aborigines do. But what I'm saying is, like, you could get a free pass for doing the Indian accent, and people well, can't say you're being racist. Because I have got the Whereas Asian. Whereas if I did it, yeah. You know, it's so funny, because I used to be in a band called Asian Babes. The, pretty much about twice a week, we would get messages from people saying, your band is so racist because you're called Asian Babes. I'd be like, well, firstly, thanks for looking at a picture of us and judging that all of us aren't Asian. And secondly, how is calling someone an Asian babes racist in any way whatsoever. We're calling the whole Asian race babes. It's a compliment. Well, maybe they're thinking they're referring to like the titles of the song that had the word 
the N word in it. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> at least three songs had the you know the titles or like I don't want to say it, but yeah, very racist. Um. So yeah, I have Asian blood running in my veins. Verity Kuwaiti, she was the defending uh, attorney. She said that story has shown genuine remorse. She also urged the court not to ban the defendant who admitted to careless driving and assault. He was also working as a delivery driver and his family were reliant on his income. It kind of sounds to me like this is a GTA mini game because there is a mini game where you can like hop on a pizza bike and then you've got to deliver pizzas. And it just sounds like rival maybe rival takeaway. Almost like the ice cream wars. The the ice cream wars. wars. The curry wars. Bolton. (laughs) (laughs) It could be. So when the sentence was passed, um, they said that Mr. Patel was emotionally affected by Story's actions. He's had to miss work because of stress. He was extremely concerned about what you thought that you were trying to do. So he's been given a 12-month community order. He's got 100 hours of unpaid work to do. He's got 10 days of rehab activities. He's got to pay him 200 quid. And he's also been fined 150 quid. And he's had six penalty points added to his driving license. But he's not made any comment about the black magic. Wouldn't you be like to get to the point where you're thinking that your brother-in-law has done some black magic on you? Wouldn't you be in court saying, I know it's a bit crazy, but... I would want to know, like, the How? examples of black magic. Yes, this like, is what I'm did saying. Did his dog die? You know, was there, like, a pentagram carved in it? Like, what What were the, the signs? Was like, why like, do you suspect black a magic? A plague of locusts. And do Indian people even do black magic? I've never even heard of that. Like, I've never well, heard of, like, Indian people engaging in, like... Of course they do. Black magic. Are there black, black, black priests of, uh, in India? Of course there will be. They're everywhere. I guess I never you can really get a black, about it. You can get black magic priests wherever you go. I, I suppose. I just never, I mean, I guess I never really thought that there'd be like, you know, practitioners of black magic in India, but I guess it makes sense. There will be. Yeah. Hey, D, what did the Indian say to the fat man? Oh, God, another racist joke. <laughs> um, I don't know. Curry up. Hurry up. All right. On that note, on that note, we're done here, people. Uh, send your story to podcast gmail.com. we got phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is the number of the Sick Wrong Hotline. Uh, but first, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Oh, hello. It's Miles here from Britain. And I'd like to talk to you about dildos, jack-off sleeves, and pornography. There's a wonderful place on the intertubes that you can go and get everything you could possibly need to jack yourself off. Whether that be a sex mitten, a fist dildo, or a butt plug with a horse's tail. Go to adamandeve.com, type in coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. Like my dad used to do to me. So got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Um, first call is from Jack in Houston. Nice. Hey, this is Jack from Houston, and uh, I've been listening to you guys for long enough where I got to hear Harrison for a while. And also, Kate. Kate, you're doing an amazing job. Uh, love the podcast with you. Um, you could, but you guys may have done this already with, with Harrison, because I, I haven't heard all the older episodes, but... Uh, I would love to hear you guys do uh, an episode that's focused on fucked up films. Oh. Uh, 
what are your favorite fucked up films? Um, what are some good suggestions that people may not have heard of? Um, and yeah, I mean, I know it's not. I don't think I'm trying to think if me and Harrison ever did that. You and Harrison didn't really tend to talk about films. Well, we me and you do. Well, we didn't do it on the regular show, but we did it on Patreon. Like we'd talk about, like, oh, I saw this movie the other night, and we kind of do the same thing. Like Patreon is kind of where we sort of shoot the shit about what we did on the weekend, and like if we saw a good movie or something. I think uh, was it last week or the week before we were talking about that Aussie horror movie, loved one, loved one. We both saw. Well, I think I saw Love on first, and I told you about it. Yeah, but I watched it, it out. Like, yeah, because you were like, "You've got to watch this." So I watched it like the next day. Such a great! It's it's a great horror. I mean, it's kind of borderline torture porn, but in but a good great. way. In a good way, though. She is one of the greatest movie villains of like the last decade as well. She's fantastic. The, I, the girl in it. And I think uh, since movie theaters opened up, um, we also went and saw as the Conjuring. Conjuring in our respective cities, but. Yeah, I mean, it was, and plus we were talking about like the not only the weird experience of going to a theater, but my experience in West Hollywood, you in um, in in Cumbria, um, but yeah, we were talking about the movie The Conjuring Three, which actually I kind of enjoyed. It was okay. I got absolutely bombed throughout it. So if you were to ask me how it ended, I kind of can't tell you, but I can tell you how the loved ones ended, and I can certainly sing. Am I pretty enough? <laughs> yeah, you should cover Am that. I too outspoken? But yeah, so I don't think we've ever done like a whole movie review show. People we... do it on the Sick and Wrong group as well. They'll put up a link where people will talk. Because I remember oh, on this. Discord? Some... No, on the, the Sick and Wrong private group. Somebody definitely oh, did Facebook. that recently talking about Aussie films. Because one of my favorite Aussie films is a film called Wake and Fright. I love that film. I told you to watch that, and you don't. You don't have the feelings towards that that I do. Boring. Boring. Waking Fright is and they not boring. Like a thousand kangaroos. I the, think that's why you liked it. Just the kangaroo. No, I don't slaughter. like the kangaroo slaughter. I like the yeah, slow right. build up and then the insane twist at the end. It's like a. New, it's like a psychological thriller. I Kate think you were just like, I want to wank into <laughs> that kangaroo slaughter. You're like, I want to see some guns. I don't even recall any kind of insane twist. Well. You can't remember the twist at the end of Wake and Fright. Well, you need to watch it again. Oh, God, I don't know if I could sit through it again. But you just weren't paying attention. You were just being too American. Bad Boy Bubby. That's a way better Bad Aussie Boy movie Bubby, than Wake and Fright. Bad Boy Bubby, one of the greatest films. And I also really Sleep love... Sleeping Boredom is what I called that one. Sleep but anyway, we yeah. talk about these things on uh, Patreon, Jack. So if you go to Patreon, you know, for a few bucks, you can listen to the outtakes that we do. Although I've been... I, I kind of want to do... Maybe a special like uh, a movie one-off. review, yeah, like a thing on like uh, like kind of like the news that we do on Patreon. Yeah, not too long ago, Jack. Thanks for listening, Jack. I did do um, which of the Dreads, the Judge Dread films, I think is the best. So I compare them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kate's a huge Judge Dread fan. Massive, massive. Yeah. It's like my f- all-time favorite comic. As good of a theme as as uh, you know a particular serial killer or. The Dixie Mafia or anything like that, but I don't know. If you can put some kind of spin on it, I would love to hear a movie-themed one because I'm sure that you guys have some suggestions for things that I have never heard. So uh, keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. Bye. Jack, just watch Gummo. That's all you need to Gummo's watch. Gummo's great. You know what we could do? We could do maybe do an episode where it's like the film versus reality. We kind of did that with The Entity. 
Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was based on a film. We can maybe do that with, like, another film, or we could do one-offs where it's, like, a film film versus the real event. Well, like a film inspiration, like a film-inspired murder or something. Yeah, that's, like, a theme. Thanks, Jack. kind of works. I wonder yeah. what Jack's favorite Thanks, film is. Thanks, Jack, for all your good ideas. Just to let you know, Jack, <laughs> my favorite film of all time is Husbands by John Cassavetes. Uh, my, you know, my favorite number one film of all time? What? Chinatown. Directed by Roman Polanski, who also directed John Cassavetes in Roman uh, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. It's all uh, linked, damn fun Jack. Film. Yeah. Um, second uh, call here is from a guy who I, I would like to know what kind of films, films this guy likes. Films. Yeah. Maybe we'll think about it. And at the end <laughs> of the call, you'll uh, maybe offer up some uh, ideas of what kind of movies he watches. Oh. Indeed, it's me. What? So, uh, I didn't type this out, so I'm just going to rattle off uh, as many things as I can think of. Nice. So, uh, about the uh, dildo. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the big... I'm still offended by that, by the way. What, that he wants, his wife has no use for it? That, and, the, and like, I go to, you know, I have, like, a box of dildos that, you know, I've, I've collected... From my various dildo suppliers, you know, it's taken a lot of hardship for me to collect these dildos from around the world, and then I send them out to uh, a listener, you know, because I'm, uh, you know, grateful that they send in these good calls and they're telling us about the virginity stories and sharing a personal part of their life. What does Wad do? Just dashes it to the ground. It's just like I don't want this. My wife doesn't <laughs> want this, though it's uh, shapely like my own member. <laughs> I still don't want that, this. Right, that's actually why you're upset because the wad has a dildo-shaped cock, and you do not. Well, I, I did send him like a big brown dildo. He basically. just said it was the wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> the, the black dildo. Uh, as Kate mentioned, uh, you know, uh, it, it does have a very similar curve and shape to mine. It looks very similar to mine. It's literally like a black version of mine. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I really have no use for it, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not into, you know, uh, you know. I'm, I'm definitely not going to use it myself. Uh, uh, my wife, yeah, right, uh, has no desire to use it. My, my wife's the type of person. It's like she knows what she likes, and you know, and that's you know, it. We're, we're not going to do all this goofy fucking experimental shit. Yeah. Wait, okay. I can understand she knows what she likes to get off, but, like, would you be curious about getting another dildo and trying out another dildo to see if it works? Oh, yeah. Like, but some women genuinely don't like dildos. Like, why? I think, wait, I think judging by, oh, did I, did you send me a picture of the dildo you sent him? Or the wad might have sent me a picture of it. But judging by the dildo, it's not a dildo I would ever buy for myself or recommend to a friend. Why? Because it had balls, like plastic <laughs> balls, silicone balls. It's just not like a female-friendly dildo. It's kind of one that you probably would use, say, if you were like a dominatrix and you're wanting to peg a client. It's one of those types of dildos. It's not a dildo where I'm like in Ann Summers going, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to get off on that piece of silicone. I thought it was one of those dildos that you like stick to the wall and you fuck. Did it vibrate, was it? or was it just a piece of silicone? It's a good question. I don't remember. Because there's no, I have no use for the dildos that don't vibrate. What is the fucking point? The entire point is like you want a vibrating one because then it's like you know 
the dick has a machine. Yeah, but dicks don't really vibrate. No, like you know, that. but that's the that's the fun of it. That's why it's good. And you're like, well, I'm gonna come in about one minute, and then I can fall asleep. See, I like the vibrators, or I prefer the ones that have like animal themes, like oh, the, the unicorn's horn, a butterfly. <laughs> See, they're the ones I don't like. I don't like them either. I don't want like a cutesy rabbit at my clit. Why would I ever want that? Because you want to have sex with rabbits. No, you apparently do. I, well, I like to use them on women because I'm like, it's a, it's like I'm commanding these rats. Like, I'm like <laughs> you're Willard. Like, you're like, like Snow Willard. White or something. <laughs> no, like Willard. Remember Willard with the rats? I'm just like, but I got these like vibrating rabbit fingers, you know? I think it's That's sexy. terrifying. That would be a film that Jack from Houston would like. Yeah, possibly. Rabbit fingers. I even, uh... I said, hey, why don't you let me get one of those chin straps? It could be funny. You know, I really do love <laughs> you know, it. It'd be funny. 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 But, uh, yeah, she, she, she wasn't down. And uh, I don't want to ship it to my mom because my mom will probably fucking take it. Give it to Definitely your mom. Definitely give it to your mom. What? I really love your mom. Can you get her to call in again soon? I think he should give it to, to- Wad's mom, but do it. On during a call, like you give it, like wrap up a gift for, well, I guess they're past Mother's Day. When's her fucking birthday? But just wrap up a gift, call us so we hear the whole time while she unwraps it. Just say it's a gift from Sick and Wrong, and we've sent it to her because we love her phone calls. I love the Wads mom. The Wads mom and Gino's mom, I want to go on like a girl's holiday with them and like learn, learn life lessons from them both. You know, it's a brown dick. Maybe it looked like his father's dick. Well, she might get PTSD from it. Oh, oh you <laughs> yeah, think like so? penis traumatic <laughs> stress disorder. <laughs> Give it to your mom. Your mom be like, "Hey, it reminds me of your father." <laughs> so, uh, so uh, uh, update on what's going on with me. Uh, continuing to chase my dreams. Good. Uh, the insurance uh, job did not work. It was complete bullshit. Uh, I have uh, basically like three or four different side hustles right now, so I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, not having all my eggs in one basket. Uh, the dog walking is uh, is picking up. Uh, I, I've actually been uh, like I've actually gotten really good at getting dogs to pose for the camera. You know, you just wave a little treat in front of their face. You know. And uh, I take a lot of cute pictures and send them to the owners, and uh, it's, it's actually gotten me a way better tips. And then I deliver groceries with Instacart, and I am back at age. Nice. You know what he needs to do? What? This is my two cents here for you, Wad. Go find a dog. Like one, one of your dogs you're walking. He has some cute dogs that he walks. Don't get a cute one. Get an ugly oh, get one. An get an a rotundo dog that has a Ma- disease. Yeah, and make it an in, like an Instagram star. You know how yep. much money that bub bub little bub guy made. Well, speaking of internet stars, um, Alex the uh, the honking burb burb. If anyone knows who he is, he died recently, and I have felt more emotion for this fucking cockatiel that lives in Australia than I have felt for probably any human in the last six years. And I, I can't even bring myself to watch his memorial videos Sorry at the moment. Sorry to break this to you, Kate. I don't know if you read this, but he was a pedo. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but I read somewhere. Yeah, it came out that he was a pedo. Oh, no. He was a lovely, beautiful little bird, and he, he just died boys lately. Dicks. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you, but yes. but no, Wad, what you gotta do? Go yeah, find, I agree with this. <laughs> go find some like 
rotundo looking pug or something with an overbite and then just start making funny videos put them online get a tiktok next thing you know you're gonna make a lot of money off these things i agree with the jew here yeah. don't turn down a jew gift toss I'm, I'm just telling you that's what i would do has a nose of a gift toss other one that my other brother's running but i'm only doing that three days a week so that, that's not so bad his call's cutting out, so I don't even know what he's talking about. I have uh, mentioned my hobbies before, but I never mentioned my love of yoga. Uh, from all the manual labor I've done in my life, you know, it, it's helped me out a lot. It does, stretching. It really opens up those stiff muscles. My it, neck, my shoulders. I agree and, with uh, him here. Okay, at the end of this one, I'll call you guys back. Do you think he does the Bikram yoga? Oh, is that the what the sweating one where you go into really a lodge? It just smells like a wet fart. Yeah, no, I like a I do like a form of yoga every day when like I'm not on a chav yoga. Chav yeah. yoga? No, I do like Drinking a triple X. <laughs> What's that beer that you yeah. like? Um, Castle Main Four X is my childhood <laughs> yeah. beer. No, uh, I do like a form of yoga every day, and I definitely think that keeps your joints young i've read i read a thing once where it said that if you can stand up while you're in the sitting down like cross-legged position then you're still healthy it's when you start getting to the age when you can't do that when i think you, you need to look to at your life that you can't do that starting into what the weight oh the weight yeah that. exactly so then you know sort shit out all right wad calls in for part two love the wad hello kd it's me the wad Yeah, I am uh, about to be certified as a yoga instructor. Oh, wow. Pretty awesome. You know, get all these, uh, uh, you know, I'll have all these hot milks getting stretched out in front of me. You know, I'll be leaving it. And he will. That is definitely boner-inducing. You got, like, all these hot milks wearing yoga pants. Sweating. Yeah. Stretching. Yeah, that, no, that would be, if I was, if I was Watt's wife, I'd be concerned. Are you not going to become a yoga instructor? Thinking you, about it now. Yeah, in L.A. Yeah. You, it, well, in West Hollywood, it would only be men's who would come. Nah, there's a lot of girls in West Hollywood. Is there? Oh, yeah, Sunset. Like, that whole area. Like, you see them all over. The Grove. No, I guarantee there would be a lot of hot girls doing that. Your ne- next. See, y'all, you've given advice to Ward, and now the Ward is giving advice to you. I'm going to do Bikram, though, because I want them all <laughs> hot, sweaty, wearing short shorts. <laughs> And I'll just be sitting there with my retarded dog. Are you going to be sat with your Speedos? <laughs> just in my retarded dog, taking <laughs> pictures next to these hot chicks in short shorts. <laughs> cashing in. Your future Cha-ching. grows. <laughs> Pretty cool. But honestly, I, I also want to really preach, you know, the value of yoga to a lot of blue-collar guys like myself because it's, it's, it's a miracle worker when it comes to those aches and pains. Yep. Uh, now, uh, another thing I want to mention is uh, I remember you guys talking about when uh, my mom gave my stepdad a heart attack. And um, funny thing about that, when that happened, I was out at the bar with a buddy of mine. and Weren't they having intercourse? Like, they were having sex when he had the heart attack, right? Yeah, and he, he like, had the heart attack inside of her. Wasn't that the crack? Oh, that he was actually, like, penetrating her when he had the heart attack. Yeah, isn't that how... And he just fucking died. Did he die, or did he get rushed to the hospital? No, he died. 
Yeah, I can't. Because that's that. when it became that the Wad's mum has like the number one diamond level pussy. Because if a man dies while he's fucking you, well, that's some that's a pussy that shoots fireworks. It's a hell of a shag. Fuck yeah. And uh, I get a phone call, and it's actually the paramedic, like telling me, like, I'll just let you know, you know, your, your stepdad's gonna be okay. Oh, uh, uh, maybe he didn't die. And he puts my mom on the phone. I'm like, Mom, what the hell happened? And she's like, We were doing it. that's like the worst that's like a worst case scenario it's like your parents you know your your father dies or whatever but your parents are already old and then she gets a stepfather or you get a step you know she gets a new husband that's your stepdad and then they start fucking and again be because fucking. they're in that honeymoon phase yeah they'd be oh, fucking god that'd be annoying you know the the wads mom she totally has a diamond level pussy to to bring on a heart attack in a man you can't get much higher than that it might even be platinum level I think it's the Kegels. <laughs> Is he speaking Arabic? <laughs> Did it sound like he was like ordering it like a I don't know, like a oh, falafel or something? That would be cool for the what to bring back and actually start teaching us some Arabic. I'd be interested in that. Like just some some funny phrases in Arabic. Swear words. Swear words and Teach just. Teach us like, how to swear in Arabic, Wad. Yeah, I would like. I would like to learn. So I've never learned any. I don't Arabic. even think he knows. He probably knows a few swear words. I think he'll know swear words from like what he's. I mean, he's American. It's not like uncles. he was born in like no, Palestine or Egypt or something. His dad and uncles are all like a hundred percent Arabs. Yeah, but I'm sure he knows swear words. Yeah, teach you know? us, Wad. Good to hear you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, watch. ride that rocket. You know, I'm always kind of envious of people like the Wad. It's like, you know, I got to go to my fucking shitty desk job. Not that I go into an office anymore. I just sit at my fucking home in one Zoom meeting. Just one Zoom meeting. Till the end of time. That people just come in and out of this fucking Zoom meeting all day. And they got an hour for lunch. And then Zoom meetings. Like, all day. It's, it, it sucks. So it's like when you hear somebody who's like, you know, doing a yoga class. Walking dogs. Or whatever. And Maybe not insurance, but whatever. I mean, you're doing, like, different things, like, varied things. I think it's more interesting. Well, see, there's definitely going to come a point in my life where I can't keep doing the same kind of blue-collar work, same as the wad, because it does start to fuck up your body. You mean camming? Yeah, camming. just keep doing the cams. (laughs) Can't be a cam girl forever. I can't even a sex kitten must grow old, D. Simon. And I'll have to be, like, the wad where I'm, like, hustling to make the same amount of money that I do now and more. So one day maybe I'll be like the wad, but I'll be taking um, roids. Kate, I got just one suggestion for you. Go get a retarded dog and just no, I want a make bird. it do tricks. I want a bird. All right, well, go get a pedophile bird. Stop and then, uh... talking about Alex <laughs> that way. Rest in peace, Alex. That bird even looked like a pedophile. He had like this weird yellow mohawk. He would make weird noises. He's a cockatiel. Yes, he, would he honk. honked. Yeah. He honked. You made so much fun of that video when I showed you it, and I was I was tearing up as I sent you that link. 
and he you would just honk. made fun of it. I should have known to not let you know my emotions. He would honk six-year-old boys' scrotums. <laughs> That's what he did. He did. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, should call that bird Savile. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, I read, I just, I'm saying I just read an article about it, and I was shocked. Shocked to learn that. <laughs> Anyway, Wad, <laughs> good to hear from you. Give the dildo to your mom. Yeah, she I want to eat your mom. Yeah. Your mom does need the dildo. Your mom is fucking rocking. Well, I mean, if she kills men with her pussy, Looking. the dildo no, is maybe what die. she needs. No, he didn't die. I think uh, the said he recovered. Endangers men's lives with her vagina. That's, that's yeah. the vagina that shoots fireworks. When Give her that brown it. dick. <laughs> Not yours. Just <laughs> the one I sent you. Don't be that incestuous. <laughs> and record it. I want to hear it. Uh, three two three five two two four zero three two. People call the Seeking Wrong Hotline. Um, Do it. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan, of, seriously, I know you like the show. A lot of people listen to the show every week, and they're like, "I've been listening to the show for fifteen fucking years. I grew up listening to this show, Sad and I want a little bit more. <laughs> I want a little bit more out of it. I just don't want the, my hour and a half a week. You know, it's like ninety minutes or." two hours or whatever we give you for free for 15 years. If you want a little bit more, go to Patreon. Like, I'm serious He's about this. He's good fun over there. Real talk. Real here. talk. Real talk. It is. I mean, no, but we're, we're doing a lot on Patreon these days. Way more than we ever did in the past. I think because Kate's, like, super into it. Like, Kate does her overkills. She, she, like, plans her overkills out weeks in advance. That's a lie, but um, I try. Okay, days in advance. Days in advance. I <laughs> soundscape them, um, put lots of you. I use lots of uh, copyright unfree music in them. So yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. We, we've actually been uh, trying a lot more to to do a lot more on Patreon, and people actually a lot of people have been signing up, commenting. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I like it. I like a lot everyone. more people. You know, a lot more people join the Discord than there were before. And if yeah. you join up for Patreon, even at the five dollar level, you can join the Discord. And thanks to Justin this week, who left a really nice message. Oh yeah, new. Uh, yeah, he's a new listener too. Yeah, he is. Justin's just cool. found us, and he left a really nice message. It made my week. One of my weeks reading that message, Justin. So thank you. But anyway, for five bucks a month, uh, you get an extra story, you get extra phone calls. Uh, this week, the Patreon news story, we did a, a story about a woman who cut off her husband's dick and cooked it. Yummy. She didn't eat it. She just cooked it. That's the ultimate act of revenge. Cooking, cooking up his little chipolata. But I don't see why wouldn't she just feed it to his family or something? Or to the dog. Or something. Because it's not, it's not good enough to eat. Don't want to give anything away. Yeah. But five bucks a month, you get that. And just for a few bucks more, you get our Sick and Wrong News segment, which uh, this week we were talking about. You remember Jill Duggar? Jill Duggar. Jill Duggar, people. You remember her? She was feeding her dogs breast milk. Good for her. Yeah. Um, Kate shared a weird trick uh, where, <laughs> uh, where you can completely <laughs> remove your gag reflex in seconds. Yeah, I she, learned that from an old transvestite fr- friend of mine. Your mother? <laughs> um, and uh, one in three Brits prefer uh, isolation to seeing friends and family. Are you surprised by that, Kate? No, it's probably more like two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> one out of three, my ass. Anyway, that's all in the Sick and Wrong News. And uh, as I mentioned before, Kate does a uh, bonus episode called Sick and Wrong Overkill, which this week you're talking about the murder of uh, old Hollywood star Ramon Navarro. Yeah, he was very sexy. He was very homosexual, and uh, he was very much murdered. I love doing all the old vintage crimes on Overkill. And this in uh, this month, Gay Pride theme. It's gay, all Gay Pride this month. Kate loves a theme. I do love a theme. Gay Pride theme. Gay Pride, baby. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Sign up today. We do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we 
Um, we like you supporting the show. It's showing us love. It is. Keeps us going. It does. Brings it a tear to my does. eye. More Listen. so than when Alex died. I'm lying. My tear ducts dried up years ago. <laughs> Evil Jew. Um, also, check out the Reddit page, r slash Podcast. Just do a search on Reddit. Um, lots of gross shit being posted there every day. Uh, lots of good memes. Kind of like that about Reddit. Yeah, I posted some Nami memes this week. Sorry, folks. My meme well has been a bit dry at the moment. And uh, if you want to get some Sick and Wrong merch, we've got a tea Public store, com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. And we're going to end the show here with Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. One of my favorite bands, actually. And mine. Yeah, you know, very uh, iconic punk band. Fear, the song called Let's Have a War, um, from uh, their, uh, their debut record, The Record. I uh, came out in uh, May 1982. Classic. Yeah, by Slash Records. I actually have an OP of that. Yeah, fuck you. I've been wanting an OP of it for so long, but it's fucking expensive, so I've never got one. It's an amazing record, even if you don't have an original copy of it. However, you know they reissued the CD in 2007 with the single Fuck Christmas as the bonus track, which you're nice. not going to get that in the original record. No, but Lee is king, and I love him. And Let's Have a War was also on the Repo Man soundtrack. Great fucking picture. Which is another great film, Jack. Yeah. Repo Man. I'm sure Jack's seen that one before. Everyone should see that film. Um, did you know that a uh, little quick, little fun fact about Fear? Love it. Know a lot about Fear. They're from Frisco. Um, Lee Ving has been the band's only constant member, but the revolving yeah. membership in the band, because they've gone through several lineup changes, at one point featured Flea. From the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That is not a fun fact. Any member of Red Hot Chili Peppers should be banished off this earth. Just why like wouldn't he just fires. stay in fear? Yeah. Why flee? Why? Probably because they Money. were all um, <laughs> and fucked up as well. Yeah. Uh, but great band, though. Go check out the record. They're we're on the show here with Let's Have a War. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 796. Till then, take it sleazy.
Lindsay Pooh just confessed that he would toss Jeffrey's salad, that's Jeffrey, our brother's salad, for $100,000. Just wanted to make sure that that was known to all. Lance wants to toss Jeffrey's salad and for $100,000 without a tongue condom. Have a nice night.